It's an age-old ritual. Or is it? You either admit to doing it, or you've never done it and it's disgusting. Or is it? I don't know. Sometimes it's a secret that stays among friends. Otherwise, it's a gentle hello to someone you haven't seen in a long time. Maybe you've got a friend sleeping over. Maybe a stranger in your van. Who knows? But all I know is that somebody's going to enjoy it. It's the Reach Around. This week on Nothing Good. We're here for another episode of Nothing Good, season <laughs> two. I'm season really excited two. to be here. Uh, I, listen, I got to tell you, I've been getting some really good feedback over the last episode or so, you know, mm-hmm. the season two. I'm feeling good about it. Uh, how are you guys feeling about this season so far? I feel like season two's got some legs. We got we got some, we got, we got a little bit of energy yeah. going here. Yeah. I feel like there's infinite, possi- I think there's infinite possibilities with season two. Mm-hmm. Nice callback. Mm-hmm. Thank, like like Thank you. Thank you. Available in the archives, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Officially, yeah. now. Yes. So uh, today, how about you, Doc? How do you feel about season two? Uh, I think uh, not as good as season one. All season, no season is as good as the first one. Uh, you but put in a lot all real, pressure on us now. No, uh, he's uh, like, you guys suck. No, no, no. Uh, My stuff's great. See, now, but you guys suck. I feel like you just dropped a gauntlet. Like as soon as you said that, I'm like going through the rolodex. Like, okay, what season two is better than season one? I have to think about it now. <laughs> in all seriousness. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really having a good time, as always, and I get to sit around with some of my closest friends and, and bullish about things that I enjoy, yeah. and some things that I don't really enjoy, uh, but all the same, it's a good time. Um, <clears throat> bad Boys too. Uh, hey. hey, you're right. And the best part about that is, you know the best, listen, you know the best part, and, and, and listeners, if you've been on this ride with us all this time, sorry, and also, the, you'll know that the best part about uh, covering Bad Boys 2 uh, was that I don't have to do it ever again. Uh, that's the, one and done. Yeah, yeah well, one, one and done. Over again. Never fucking again. I'm never watching that film again. I'm not going to breathe the fucking same air as anybody who watches that movie ever again if I don't have to. Um, so next week, Bad Boys 3. Uh, Bad Boys 3. It's not old enough. I was no. hoping we're going to do Bad Boys 2. Part 2. Part 2. Um, Bad Boys 2.5. With extra, extra chase scenes on a bridge. What year did Bad Boys 1 come out again? 96 97 no it was before before Independence Day it was 95 it was 95 yeah Yeah. okay so you know 1995 was a good year a lot of good movies and and, and music came out you know what came out two years after 1995 what the color and the shape of the Ah, Foo Fighters he brought it in I thought he was going to mention Halloween Havoc what no someone says (laughs) it's still going on still Foo Fighters that's what we're talking about today it's still going on still monster trucks there is there is a tear oh my god where we're downstairs in the basement once again mm-hmm. and are still talking about Halloween, Halloween Havoc. Havoc. Our one and only three-parter episode. That's, Never again. Let's hope not. Uh, you know what, though? Brutal. October's coming faster than you think, guys. A fucking Yeti. I cannot fucking wait. That's gonna be It's gonna be. Well, because, thing. you know, Jeff and I were not a part of the first Halloween you Havoc. Not. You're lucky for that, actually. No, we're gonna, do, we're gonna do Halloween Havoc Redux where we get to go ahead and chime in on our thoughts. And then bring it all back, where some say the eight will continue. Yeah, where they're still on top of that roof, monster trucking. You know what, though? You said uh, consider yourself lucky that they weren't. And for most of that pay-per-view being absolute abysmal horseshit, I would agree with you. 
But still, I invite anyone to watch that Sting, Flair, and versus the Horseman match. Mm, yes. That was fucking... That was... If all the good things of WCW in one spot, that was it. And it was like was the it. shiny oasis in the desert of what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's <laughs> pre-Yeti rape. Pre-Yeti rape. Pre, yeah. Pre-Hogan sex sandwich. But speaking of sex sandwiches, I quite enjoy this record. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it at the sandwich, me too. Yes. So uh, let's let's just get this out of the way. We're talking Foo Fighters. We're talking the color and the, the shape. Color and the now, shape. Now I'm sure for most of you gentlemen, you probably listened to that album uh, closer to when it came out. I would assume. I I heard songs from it, right? Like, and I didn't. I don't think I was still at that point where I was going up and hearing a song and then just immediately buying the record. That would you soon, were pretty young for that still. Yeah, but but I would. I eventually owned the CD. I think once. Once later, Foo Fighters came out a little bit more, closer to the end of the 90s. I think yeah. I went back and bought Same. I got. I picked it up about 99. Yeah, right around that same time. So, uh, yeah. It was my first full-on like rock album I ever owned, which was a big deal wow. for me to purchase because that shit was not my jam growing up. Yeah. Uh, right. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a lot of people, you catch, uh, was it My Hero uh, on MTV, you know? We all caught it on Varsity Blues. Yeah. Apparently caught it on Varsity Blues. Um, and for me, it was, I, you know, also didn't watch a ton of MTV, but I did watch a lot of Liquid Television and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Uh, that was, like, the extent of, like, Eon Flux and shit like that. Shit I was not, shouldn't have been watching as a child. At all. Shit that shouldn't have been on MTV. To be fair, you're no, right. No, yeah. I'm no. not sure what they were thinking. It, I feel Fox the same. And, I, I always felt the same way about Ren and Snippy. That's what I was, I was very say. Ren and Snippy. And I was too. I was very confused how I would see the same show on MTV after Beavis and Butthead <laughs> that I would also watch Sunday mornings after Rugrats. A fucking Snick on Saturday. Really nights. fucked with me. Fucking prime time. Yeah. Um. So, but but uh, around that time, I started uh I I like listening to the radios, listening to the X. I like started dipping into the Howard Stern radio show and shit the like X that. The X is the local alternative rock yeah, station sorry, here in Pittsburgh, folks, Pennsylvania. For those of you who are in, from Sweden or something, um, France. Ha ha ha! Fuck you. Anyhow, uh, so like I, I discovered the Foo Fighters, and really the only reason I bought the album uh, was my hero. It was like the song is pretty fucking cool, and the name of the band is probably the coolest name for any band I've ever heard in my fucking life. The fucking Foo Fighters. It's like Food Fighters, but without the D. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I don't want to reuse a joke that's been used a bunch of times, but have we all seen the the inaugural episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Like the very first episode? The very first episode. I'm sure I have. Because his guest is Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters, and he asks him the question that we've all wanted to ask. So, Foo Fighters, are you the fighters for or against Foo? <laughs> and Dave Grohl does not answer the question, and I'm grateful for it. But... A- another the world day, will never know. Never another know. day, we we'll, we should have a really serious sidebar about Space Coast Coast to Coast because that shit was fire. I fucking mm-hmm. love that. Show. Oh my god, that's a, I, it makes me think of you every time I think about Space <laughs> it Coast. Does. Coast why? It, it absolutely, does. absolutely makes me think <laughs> why, of why that era of Adult yeah, Swim. Makes me think of Vandergrift. Why? Like, well, so like for me, <laughs> I'm so curious about you this. Are, yeah. So I I wasn't really as into Adult Swim mm-hmm. before I met Jeff, because Jeff introduced me to a certain meatball. Yeah, for sure. Meatwad. Meatwad on uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So, and that was really, other than knowing like Family Guy, I never really paid any, any attention to anything that was really going on on Adult Swim until Jeff introduced me to Aqua Teen. And then that just opened up a whole world. So, I don't just really associate Space Ghost or Aqua Teen with you. 
outside of Family Guy, I associate all, all adults, adults all Adult Swim all kids with, out of with pool, Jeff Vandergrift. Yeah. Hmm. No, see, I would agree. Uh, previous to meeting Vandergrift, I watched a lot of Adult Swim and watched Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, and The Brack Show, mm-hmm. and Home Movies. Sea Lab 2021. Sea Lab. I fucking adore Sea Lab with all my heart. But it was, and I was, I felt like I was in this little bubble of like an Adult Swim and the music that was in the bumpers for Adult Swim. And I never had a, a kindred spirit who liked it as much as I did. And then I met Vandergrift, and Vandergrift liked it more. And he like opened it. He was like, oh yeah, that was MF Doom. That was a, that's a Danger Doom record there. And it was like, so now I equate all of that early Adult Swim with finding the kindred spirit who liked that era there. So yes, yeah, so to this point where I'm if I think I of it as an adult, that dribble, especially that drier adult, adult swim stuff, you know oh, what yeah, I mean? That's, like, that's yeah. my favorite. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It, and I'm going to wax a little philosophical here because this this is actually a, a big part of my character development over li- in, in life. Is that I always liked that kind of shit, but the people around me, from say age 16 up to about age 19 or 20, before I met you, they didn't like that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Everybody was into sports. That was like the big thing, you know. On at eleven thirty at night on a Sunday, I'm watching fucking West Coast baseball games, and then like I I meet Jeff, and then I meet you, Noah, and then you know Jones. We didn't really have those kind of conversations early on about that, but like I started to find people that were like, well, shit, these guys are pretty fucking cool. Noah, I thought you were on speed. Yeah, um, it happened. This is before I ever had really like caffeine too. Can no, you imagine that? There was no when you met an early Noah Brown. There was no way to describe it. There was no reason for it. There was nothing causing it. It just existed. It just was. And if you it was un- a thing. It was if a you thing. understand what I'm saying, then you fucking have met Noah Brown. But like, I I ended up meeting these people that had the same fucking interests that I did, and it gave me an opportunity to really open myself back up to that world and realize it's fucking okay to watch the cartoon at 12 o'clock at night on Adult Swim. That it's it's really fucking cool to watch the cartoon at 12 o'clock on Adult Swim. And as weird as it is, there's a whole bunch of other people that fucking get it. And in in my, again, as I say, my character development in life, that really allowed me to feel more comfortable. We always had this thing when we were growing up where I was, there was Dave O'Mac, there's the persona. Mm-hmm. And the persona always had to show up. It was that kind of stuff that made me feel okay to be Dave again. Yeah, you know, to kind of nice. let that stuff come out. So nice. I definitely owe that to uh, to these gentlemen uh, sitting across from me here at that's the table. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty nice. dope. That's yeah. That, that yeah. early adult swim yeah. stuff, super good. But that's what I think of when I think of the name of Foo Fighters. <laughs> to bring it back around. <laughs> Let's get I think about baby. Space Ghost, the circle. first Listen, episode. Yeah. I, right. I need to stop I stop name dropping Space Ghost because this is some serious shit. <laughs> yeah. We could get into some, some of the funniest shit I've ever seen we, on just uh, random Oh, my God. Let's add that to the list. Listen, last episode, I didn't have an opportunity to go down a fucking rabbit hole so you better believe i'm gonna fucking double down double on this one because you're, you're too busy getting your mind blown <laughs> by other too, uh, world jesus christ the fucking story like vh1 storyteller sitting here watching you guys talk <laughs> about that game was, was just amazing well now, now here we are st- t- speaking of vh1 storytellers talking about foo fighters and mm-hmm. what has to be wasn't their first record but it's the most most important uh, easily yeah because their, their first album was it was basically just dave Grohl. yeah yeah so this album even though it's the second foo fighters record it was the first Foo Fighters as a yeah. band yeah. record. Um, me, you know, in 97, I was not in Pittsburgh. I was back home in Ohio where I grew up. 
wasn't a huge uh, Foo Fighters fan. I liked a couple of the songs off this album. The first Foo Fighters record I bought was actually the next record that came out in 99, Nothing Left to Lose. Uh, which that's one I, with Learn to Fly on it, right? Yes. That's, that's, yeah. That was the first one I bought as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so I might be the odd man out. I'm not a huge fan of this record. Half of it I like, half of it I don't. Um, we'll get into that, I'm sure, here over the next few minutes. For sure. So wh- when did we... That's a great question, and we'll kind of link it in here. Dave, you can start us off. When's the first time you heard one of the songs from this record? You had mentioned hearing it on MTV, but Dave, when is the first time... I want you to elaborate, Doc. But Dave, when's the first time you heard any song from this album? So, you know, when this album came out was an interesting time in music. Mm-hmm. Because in 97, the the grunge scene is waning in a lot of ways in a lot of ways a lot of those singers uh, you know i mean stone temple pilots scott wyland's having a ton of problems oh yeah right uh music is transitioning things getting a lot more poppy and i was thinking about this on on my drive new metal was rising new metal is rising there, there's time. a there's a big shift in music and i remember like i'm thinking like okay so 1997 when this came out what was that listening to because it wasn't foo fighters I thought it was a little weird. It's like, all right, well, here's the... So, Noah, please don't take offense to this. <laughs> if, 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 I fucking love setups like that. that. Oh, He's going to take offense to it. Get it. I yeah. had this weird thing. So, like, fucking Dave Grohl. Here's the drummer from Nirvana. Like, first off, what's the drummer? This is my, this is my mindset here in, like, 1997, right? Not knowing my fucking ass from a hole in the ground, mm-hmm. right? What is the drummer from Nirvana doing playing guitar and singing that's not what drummers do fuck this band big me fun video won a lot of mtv video music awards kind of eh all right not you know but who's this fucking guy who can't grow a fucking mustache or beard to save his life and i say that because i look at you noah and i think of you as like a young dave Grohl. okay and that like appearance the where in- just the, the inability the, of not the, being able to grow facial the hair, incom- <laughs> the, just the nice. incomplete mustache. Because like, for for you know, uh, Monkey Wrench, there's a lot of like extreme close-ups on his mouth when he's on the fucking microphone there and is. everything. Temper and like, there's just like five fucking hairs there, and I'm like, fuck this band, right? I'm gonna go ahead and listen to Matchbox Twenty. <laughs> I know. Like I said, I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. Weird flex. Listen, I didn't say it wasn't going to be a weird flex. I'm just telling you what was going on at the time, right? So I was probably, because this was really my first time discovering music. Yeah. Discovering music on my own. I I had a lot of influence from my family, especially my brother. And my brother was a huge fucking 80s hair metal guy, you know, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, Death Leopard. I was like proper metal, not proper. Right, Poison Skid Row. But my like my brother didn't really go down towards you know Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and everything. So the grunge scene was kind of like I'm not going to say it was like forbidden in the house, but it was kind of like a little bit looked down on. It's like what do these fucking guys think they are, right? Mm-hmm. So you know when I started discovering music on my own because I'm in middle school around this point in time and everything and starting to listen to shit that wasn't mine. And it's like, all right, you know, I'm digging Matchbox 20. I'm really digging Goo Goo Dolls. They're still kind of more rock at that point they in were. time they, and stuff. They, they hadn't gone full right. uh, your mom's favorite band yet. No, they yeah. weren't. They definitely no. weren't at that point. You know, Iris hadn't come out yet. But um, so I always listened to the singles 
Because that's what you heard when you listened to the, yeah. uh, again, 105.9, the XC Alternative radio station here in Pittsburgh. Um, so I really didn't actually buy this album, and probably until like the mid-2000s, mm. when I started to realize that there's a whole lot of really great shit that came out in the 90s that I had some thing against. So, um, but again, I'll go back to, uh, it was probably... Um, as I uh, shit, I'm just fucking just drew a blank on what I was saying. Uh, it was Monkey Wrench. It was really kind of the first one from this album that I kind of really got got into. That person um, agrees too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they're all about it. Um, didn't realize we were live streaming this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I just remember that this album, from at least from the, my previous experience with them, was getting heavier. Yeah. It was it was it was definitely it was not really as necessarily poppy as some of the stuff I heard from them before, but there was a lot of great guitar in this. And this was one around the time that as I started getting into Foo Fighters is when I started playing guitar. Yeah. Because there's some of their songs that I, I learned to play on the guitar and everything and, and that kinda got me back into them. Yeah, and they were they were trying to find their sound, one. And how to not sound like the guy from Nirvana. Right? That's it, they did it. There's a few points in this record where Seattle shows up in a big way, yeah. right? But it's not the songs that you first think of when you when you come to your, you know, your head. Jeff, when's the first time you heard this? Uh, I think it was probably Monkey Wrench. Yeah. I think that was the first single off this album. Um, I've heard Everlong a lot more times, but Monkey Wrench was the first one that I really remember. And what really stuck out is in the last minute and a half of the song. Uh, when he starts screaming and he doesn't take a breath for yeah. like a straight minute. Yeah. Every the last time, like, thing before I... Fuck does he yeah, do just, that? Yeah. <laughs> and I still try to do it every time it comes on in the <laughs> yeah. car and I still don't. I can't. Just pass out behind the <laughs> wheel. <laughs> I know the words. Sir, why did I you have this accident? Monkey Ranch. One last thing before I quit. I just they just at a red light and this he's fucking heads on the horn and it's blaring and there's a cop on the thing yeah, like, well, that's Sir, are you I okay? I remember every single word you said and all the shit. <gasps> <laughs> ah, it's awesome. So so I have um I it's one of those things that I can't remember the first time I heard my hero, but I know that that was probably the first song that jumped out mm-hmm. at the page to me. But I swear. That, that is the first song I heard, but Monkey Wrench and Everlong were the two that I heard ad nauseum during well, that time period yeah. afterward. Those know? those two songs define this album. Yeah. I mean, there are uh, there are some great songs on this oh, album, sure. and Jones, you and I have some very special you know affiliation towards a couple songs on this that we'll get into as we kind of talk about the album uh, from time that we lived together. Um, but like when you look back at the album those two songs just are far and above they, they jump out as like they, a time they and a place. really jump oh. out in that case i also think you think what what the foo fighter the direction they took later in 99 right with learn to fly and all that stuff that almost kind of like in that party rock in in the and i think about the movies that were coming out of that time you know like all the, the teen party movies that were happening in that style of rock was all over the place right yeah. and so uh everlong and monkey wrench fit in well with that vibe the road trip and uh you know all the other stuff how? that's going yeah, on Yeah, and if you look at how they've evolved since then and how they've sort of matured as they've they gotten older have. oh my god uh, yeah it's it's same but different like but it's a newer sound a little a more mature sound well, which is why i like the newer yeah. albums better than the old albums how, i agree with that, that completely well. Yeah. well how fucking wild is it that you're the drummer on probably 
the greatest song that has probably come out in the last, what, 40 years? Yeah, it smells Like Teen Spirit. It smells Like Teen Spirit. And, you know, tragically, your friend, depending on your viewpoint, committed suicide, right? <laughs> and you're left. What do you do? And not only what do you do, how do you do it so it's not like what you were just doing? You did it. And how do you how do you figure that out? Because I think now, especially when you look back on on Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl's place in rock and roll, there aren't a lot of bands nowadays that are just, just pure rock and roll bands. You know, rock and roll has definitely taken a back seat oh, God, in the last yeah, twenty years. 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 For years. Um, He's the last you know, one since now, since that that early two thousands push when you had bands like Linkin Park and Godsmack and and Papa <laughs> Roach and well listen man that first album that they first were, album slaps that first Godsepa you know he just wants everybody to he want, yeah oh, they yeah. are the drum solo oh yeah oh yeah yeah that drum solo like outdid that Metallica concert it did it did, it did. but like to think how you have to find your place in that world and what that pressure would have to look like and then you fucking did it. I'll like, and not only... It. Yeah, good. Vision. Yeah. Like, that's it. You have vision. You know what you're trying to do. That's yeah, it. and I mean... Oh, yeah. To rebound from what happened to Kurt Cobain, I mean, look what happened to Chris Novoselic. He packed up his shit and went home. He did. Yeah. For years. Yeah. Only, only to occasionally show up at, like, a Hall of Fame or, yeah. or yeah. here and there. No, but 100%. No, and, and to, to not only do it, but to the fact that you can be the drummer for Nirvana. And now, generations—not only just ge- the generations after—but the people who live through Nirvana do not immediately associate you with Nirvana. That's a mission accomplished. Yeah, and a job well done. And he did something that I, and I always argue with a few people that we, of mutual friends of ours, that they hate it when a band changes their sound from an album to the next, right? Which I never got because I would much rather an artist evolve than do the same thing over and over again. Like, our dads listen to music that doesn't evolve. Van Morrison hasn't evolved, <laughs> yeah, right? right yeah. Like, Poison yeah, never stopped being still Poison. Metal. It's yeah, never right? changed. Right? But, yeah. and, and regardless if you when agree with it or not. Nobody bought a Poison album after, like, 1993. Exactly. But, right? but And regardless if you agree with it or not, Metallica changed their sound, like, four times, right? And a bunch of different bands and people evolve. Dave Grohl has found the way to evolve his songwriting and his recording process, but still keep enough of that that flavor and that vibe of it which is himself distilled enough through all of it to where you can listen to a song from the color and the shape then listen to which i think is one of the better records period regardless of foo fighters in the 21st century which is concrete and gold from the foo fighters and you put that record in and you're like oh that's the foo fighters it's different they've learned to play more they do better taylor hawkins was just still doing that like that same dave Grohl feel that they do in every fucking foo fighters record but the song content changed and you don't really care Talk about fucking Taylor Hawkins for a second, too, oh, man. right? Yeah. So, this guy, God fucking rest his soul, too, okay. by the way, right? Um, he takes over for one of probably the most influential drummers. Ever. Ever. Like, Dave Grohl doesn't need Taylor Hawkins to drum on these albums. Nope. He can just go ahead and just drum it. And just loop it in, and, and that's it. He doesn't need Taylor Hawkins to do it. But he fucking wants Taylor Hawkins to do it. You know? So you know, and and if, if one of the most influential drummers of their generation chooses you yeah, to be their drummer, well, Taylor Hawkins is like, Juanis Morissette, <laughs> Dave Grohl, dude, 
Fucking that. Alanis t- was big. Alanis was huge. Yeah. He was her that drummer. Point. He was her touring that was big money. Was that was big God. money to turn now. Dude in Dogma, you know that know. shit better than anybody. No, I, I, I tell you what, that's, uh, but uh, he chose. You, you, uh, it's like Indiana know. Jones. He chose wisely. He chose like, he, wisely. He, yes. did. he did. So, Doc, when's the first time you heard a Foo Fighters song specifically? A Foo Fighters song? Or, or, or this album? Or this album? Because, uh, well, it's the same answer across the board. Yes. My Hero was the first song, and I. I didn't hear Monkey Wrench, and I remember, I'm pretty confident, because it's a very specific sound, there's a very specific vibe to it, until I listened to the album. Yeah, because that Monkey Wrench came out before the album. Yeah. It was the first single before the album. Yeah, I, I again, I didn't watch a ton of MTV, uh, during, you know, back when there were videos, um, but uh, the My Hero remember that. Played... It's not just ridiculousness on loop, all yeah. day, every day? Um, I have YouTube for that, I don't need fucking ridiculousness. Um, but... Yeah, my my hero, and and I think that that song's a fucking bop, and it still it is. is. It still is. It still sounds so good, and it's just, it's got a, an energy to it, you know. You know, he's ordinary. Like I love that. Like it, 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 the song. I'm sure there's meaning behind all these songs, but the song doesn't. It doesn't have much depth to it. It's nothing to chew on, but it doesn't have well, to. It's a transformer style song. Yeah, that, that song sense. has been used in so many uh, motivational videos yeah. since the late '90s. It's insane. But it's perfect for it. Yes. <laughs> Whenever he gets him paid, do it. Speaking of which, that was also the song that was used in my midterm project in film school, uh, as I did a Mary Lemieux uh, fictitious biopic trailer. Uh-huh. And I started with Linkin Park and in, uh, in reanimation, and uh, then transitioned right into My Hero. And then did a two-minute thing, which one day I'll get that shit loaded to the internet. I I I so because of that, I fucking listen to that song over and over and over again for like a whole fucking week nonstop. And um, I still fucking love that song. That song, song did not weigh down on me in any way, but over listening to it. Um, and I just love how that too. It just fucking opens with that drum. Oh, that's it's just oh, that's bumper. iconic. You know what you're we, we into use the, the phrase iconic. Seconds, we yeah. overuse iconic today in this day and age a lot. But the beginning part of my hero is fucking iconic, and I thought it was really ironic that it, that is easily probably the most iconic first five seconds. Maybe you can, you can make a case for Everlong, right? But the most iconic five seconds of a song on that record, uh, and it's the song that they least repeated that sound and vibe of going forward in their career was my hero like he's like all right good don't touch it but let's do more of that driving rock shit that we do in, in monkey wrench let's <laughs> yeah. do that for two albums until we do one by one so i'm gonna and ask the all question all your favorite song on the album perfect question to start jeff where you at uh my favorite song is everlong it's a good song on the album everlong everlong's a really good it's song. a really good one fun fact uh everlong is uh has 235 million views on youtube uh, which is five times uh, the other songs on this album, at least. Uh, only topped by one other Foo Fighters video, Pretender? which is The Pretender, which of has over 500 million. That might have been 500 mil just for me. We'll talk about whenever we cover it, but I missed The Pretender when it came out. Like I somehow just I'm, was, I'm actually impressed. was in my own world enough to not hear The Pretender until the girl I was seeing at the time was like, I was in her car with her, and she's like, put the song on, I'm like, 
what fucking song is this? And it's yeah. been out for like a year. Yeah, She's no. like, it's the Foo Fighters to Pretender. And I was like, because like, it was like, uh, da, 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 da. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still, and I only heard it that one time for like another six months. And I always thought the lyric was, one of these things is not like the Listen, other. Listen, you're not alone. No. <laughs> <laughs> you are not alone, It brother. was fucking awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, that's a great fucking and song. I'll, uh, I'll hop in here next. I have a strange favorite song on this. I love See You. Uh, softer side. These favorite bills are marked return to sender. Whatever how it goes. I love it. I'll save the matter for myself. I love it. And also, it's to me like a spiritual successor to Hey Johnny Park. The only thing I'll ask of you. And it's like it does the same line like six songs afterward. But I like it. I like it. It's the one that I'm always like. I, I still to this day will walk around my house and sing that part of the song. I'm, I'm going to put this out here. I don't want to cut yeah. you off. You can keep going. But no. I think it's important before we get too far in, in into the psyche that is Noah Brown. Uh, that is my second favorite song on the album. There that is. fucking song. If Hey Johnny Park, which is my favorite song of all time and on this album. But if that song did not exist on that album, fuck. See you there's be something about it. Because I, w- I did write a, a couple little things about it because I thought it was... You listen to it, it's a bop. You yeah. know, it's got a, it's got a different little bumpy vibe yeah. to it. It doesn't sound like anything else on the nope. album. And but then you stop and you listen to the lyrics a little more. And while though the tone and the beat is very upbeat, it yeah. sounds very hopeful. The lyrics aren't. No. There's some. There is some. I'm curious what the inspiration was for that. Like, what was he going through, or somebody in the band maybe going through? Well, wasn't he going through a divorce? Was yeah. that what yeah, it was? I think the entire album is like his sort of uh, therapy session. Mm. That would make sense. Yeah, no. I the way I like about it's it does it does stand out on an album that's that's frankly very good. Uh, I think it's got a, a, like that whole unique vibe. And to me, everything else is very uh, even Everlong. Like I get the the vibe of them in a recording studio and them layering this song and I'm standing behind the console and they're like, all right, no, we should record the drum part so that when Everlong's guitar comes again with the hi hats, right? This to me very much reeks of Dave Grohl sitting with his guitar in his lap sitting on the amp like mm-hmm. just That's playing these exactly. chords and having that medley and i think it is in uh the melody excuse me and his and it being like a snapshot of him in that instance which i think is and it's again art for the artist's sake i absolutely I think that's that why song. this song uh absolutely so see you is my absolute favorite song one. on this album it's, just, it's like a, there's it, some other ones that are up there right again if see you wasn't there we'd we'd be off to the races right it's really hard not to say everlong is a fucking killer song you know Everlong is like not even in. I have a top three, and uh, while although CU is number two and number three, if I, I always forget the fucking name, it's, it's, I like it so much. Uh, well, hey, Johnny Park's overrated. What you think about that, Jones? Up in oh. arms. <laughs> up in arms is my, my third favorite in this album. Very nice. Like, and he just took a, he took a shot at you and, and he swung back I, around. I didn't say I, anything. I actually was going to move sure my did, seat. <laughs> I, I didn't hear. I just, I just heard you say something snarky, and I know you and did, but I don't I, know what you said. I don't know if I'll get the opportunity to say it again, but uh, to add one more thing about Everlong, though, and I have said this, um, I, fun small side story. I had to. My wife Marielle was teaching uh, music lessons and stuff for a long time, and she still does occasionally. But she had a songwriting class filled with a bunch of thirteen-year-old girls, and she asked me to come in and and, and go over these girls for a day. And uh, so basically, I spent this hour long class telling these girls about Led Zeppelin but I said the important thing about a song is also if you want people to listen to it is you have to give them a line that they can say to themselves outside of the song that makes you go god damn 
Like, fuck. And the one song I, the line I use, which is still one of my all-time favorite, most badass lines in any song, is in Everlong. And that's Breathe Out so I can breathe you in. Like, that is fucking badass. Like, that's, that's like, that's like, that is, that is the act, the idea of attraction and, like, just obsession in 12 words. Beautiful. Like that. So I, I gotta give Everlong that credit on that one. Max, what's your favorite? Uh, my favorite, oh, God. Um, it, I think it's, I, I do think it's, um, Hey, Johnny Park. I do. Really? Um, it's badass. I just, it, it, it because like, so as we're talking about Everlong, right? And, and I, I respect the shit out of that song. I don't know that that's necessarily like one of my favorite songs off the album. It's very different alternative rock song. It's probably one of the more pure alternative rock songs on the album. It is. It is. If alternative it, rock was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because bad. this, a lot of this is a rock album, in, in my opinion. Um, but that's one of the, that, that is definitely, I think, a pure alt rock song. And in fact, as I was kind of pulling this up when you guys were talking, um, 105.9 The X does a top 420 list each. Uh, they've been doing this the last three years. Uh, top 420 songs as voted by you, the fans, right? Of the uh, of alt rock in the '90s, right? Just the '90s. Uh, Everlong was number ten. That's awesome. Of that, of the top four, tw- fucking that's, top four twenty. Pretty fucking cool. And I'm pretty sure that's like the only song in the top like twenty that wasn't necessarily either uh, <laughs> Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, Green Day. You know, that's pretty much you know rinse and repeat there, right? Mm-hmm. Green Day but, is gross, and if you like Green Day, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, Green Day. God damn it. Fucking Billy fuck Joe Armstrong, you. you pretentious cunt. You fucking cunt. Oh, we sell coffee now. Ah, fuck you. I would. She's never listening to this. I don't give a I don't shit. Know, I, I'm specifically talking to Green Day. Fuck you. I'm specific. <laughs> I hope somebody takes a cactus and does something terrible to you with it. I hope you sit on you. a cactus. Yeah. Just enough that it, like, ruins your weekend, not enough to, like, ruin your life. Oh, I'll go further than that. But I want to elaborate because we're talking about the color and the shape. Well, goddamn. So, yeah, but but kind of going back to what I was saying is that I, I think it's easy to look at my hero, which I which I which I think is is probably the best song off the album. Yeah, it's one of those anthem songs, mm-hmm. right? And and you know you going off like the the big hits from it, but fucking Hey Johnny Park is so good. That guitar riff that goes into that song and everything is just is just awesome. And you know what, Jones? I attribute that song to you. Oh, 100%. That is that a song Herb is, yeah, Jones. Cool. There, th- like, there are there are songs that I attribute to people in my life. You'd think it might be a Linkin Park song or something like that, but no. It is Hey Johnny Park. Not only just because I, I you really kind of like introduced that song to me. You're like, Mac, this fucking song off the, off the color and the shape, you gotta just listen to it. But like we played that song in rock band when that got downloaded yeah. so many times. Yeah. That got oh. on the playlist. Yeah. That and Learn to Fly, obviously. Oh, well. oh no, man. Um, well, Learn no. to Fly, Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many times we played that. But there was song. there was that whole and of course <laughs> of course I would be really remiss if we were talking about this album and also talking about rock band, to not mention to our dear, dear sweet listener, Aaron Steinberg. A a, a devoted listener, might I add. Devoted oh, listener. Nice. What up, Steinberg? What's what up, up, man? Listen, I know you know where this is going, Aaron. I'm sorry to be kind of putting you on the spot yeah, here. I, I was thinking about this when I was listening to it the other night. I'm like, nah, fucking. But Aaron. as we as we played Rock Band, 
So I get a lot of shit on this show. You do. For the amount of video games that I don't play. You do. I do. You deserve every fucking hour. I deserve every <laughs> single fucking... And just, then some. Just go ahead and listen back one episode, dear sweet, sweet listeners. We were gentle. We yeah. were too busy explaining He still hasn't story. played the fucking game. No. It's no, been a week. It's, it's been a week. Um, but for a two-year stretch of our lives, every fucking night, without fail, myself, Aaron Steinberg, and Herb Jones... From 12 o'clock to 2 or 2.30 in the morning, every fucking night, for two whole goddamn years, without missing a night, played rock band. It was uh, it was an experience. I, I, I cherish those memories. I, I do, too. God, I really oh, do. God, I, I do, too. But if there was a song, <laughs> my the bane of my existence was Ride the Lightning from Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> Could, shit was rough, man. When that fucking solo hit could not no matter how many times I would try I could not get through it the bane of Aaron Steinberg's existence was ever long fucking a. could not figure it out so we we'd reached the point where we played on expert you know we're like oh we're really good at this fucking game we actually know? were if we played legit instruments for this much time for two years be pretty we good. would be we would not be doing this podcast right now <laughs> we'd be on good. tour, be on tour yeah. we'd be on tour opening for somebody we'd be yeah. opening for somebody at a bar but anyhow, that'd be fine. It would be in Columbus, uh, Ohio. We'd be gig. there. Hey, yeah, yeah gigs a gig. Yeah, yeah. Aaron. Uh, so we were so deeply engrossed in rock band and the culture of rock band uh, that I, I bought myself the the, the pro bass because apparently you know that's what you fucking do and spend way more money on a plastic fucking bass guitar than you ever need to do in your whole goddamn life. Aaron, however, on blast, bought himself the fucking Ion drum set for the play rock band, which was an investment. It is still in my basement. It is a legit. It is at the drum bottom set. of the stairs. It's an electronic drum set that can be used to play legit drums, and he got it just to play rock band. So we would certain songs. Run to the hills mm-hmm. was another one we yeah. fucking struggle with. That shit was oh, tough. Iron that shit was fucking tough. Yeah, but there's a reason it's Iron Maiden. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we but would, if Maggie Whitfield rolls in, yeah, well, that's, a, a, she's a fucking. She savant. was a prodigy. She was a came prodigy. Game, yeah. But. Uh, if there was a single game that I don't, Aaron d- doesn't get frustrated often, not not audibly, not visibly like that. But we'd play like you know rotation, like the game would pick songs for us to play, and it'd be the last fucking song of the fucking set. And Everlong come and Aaron would just go fuck, and he'd try. We tr- and we'd fail out because of him every single you time. You just throw the drumsticks. <laughs> and, and, just and throw the only time you'd ever see him storm away yeah. is because of throw the drumsticks, storm song. away, go to bed. But uh, just leave me and Herb down there. Just on our own, fending for ourselves. Yeah, that's our little rock band yeah. story. But yeah, <laughs> shout out, that's Aaron. Right. That's we, amazing. We, we remember yeah. the old days, man. But yeah, I, I uh, fuck absolutely, fuck man. The estate. The, the estate. The estate. That's right. The estate, the estate sale. Throwback. Estate sale. I tell, I tell everybody that I was in a legit band. <laughs> I was like, I was in a band. What was your band called? Estate sale. I could buy it. Fuck yeah. It. Yeah. Never, never even like never. Flinch. I mean, at this point, it's it's like telling someone you were yeah. the manager of an entire Toys R Us store. Who the fuck's gonna tell you tell them that you were? <laughs> Just gonna question that shit. Right? That's true. Beef up that res- That's a pro tip. Beef up that resume. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, yeah, but that's I think that's the one for me. It's like you know, once you kind of get past the 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 big singles and everything, just fucking hate Johnny Park just slaps. That's where it is. So Doc. Yeah, talking about songs, all-time songs yeah, to be yeah. related to a human being. Uh, What's your favorite song in this album? Well, as I already said, uh, Hey Johnny Park. And I, I'm, I'm going to re- try to make it real fucking quick because it's I could go about this song. And he has. Um, he will again. Uh, he will again. Uh, so the song's good. I mean, it, as Dave said, it slaps. Uh, I like that it changes a few times throughout the song. It doesn't If you listen to it two and a half minutes in, it sounds like a different song. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the lyrics are beautiful, uh, but it's not that. It's not. It, it's. It's listening to it on a CD player, walking down the street from school, about to catch the bus, and I'm listening to it for the first fucking time. It wasn't on the radio, none of that shit. And I catch the song, and it is the first song that wasn't associated with a movie or a TV show or anime, nothing. It was just the song that I was able to, independently of like any like stimulus, visualize a story. Like, mm-hmm. really? And you figure, I'm, I was pretty young. Like, I, up until that point, hadn't considered, like, writing or anything something that I'd even want to do. But this song, like, lit a fire in my head. Like, I started seeing, like, backdrops and stories and characters. Just this one fucking random-ass song. And it changed how I listened to music. It's weird how music does that to people. It, you know, it's, it'll make somebody want to make music. Or it'll make you want to write stories. Because of this song, uh, it allowed me to start listening to music in a very different way. Uh, and I still do it. I listen to music that, and I envision scenes from movies that don't even exist. Or I'll reimagine scenes from movies with that music. Um, because of this song, I started writing, I, I started dipping into writing poetry. I started dipping into writing like little little short stories. I started dipping into creative writing. Uh, because of this song, I started, I wrote, I wrote five, I think they're actually pretty fucking good. Uh, Star Wars fanfics that are on somewhere on the Force.net that none of you motherfuckers will ever see or read, but they're oh. out there. Oh, we're gonna go find oh. it now. Hey, you know, that. Is that under a pseudonym or is that under Herb Jones? I couldn't even tell you what email or whatever it is now. But well, we're why, talking, why, we're why don't you just, just a long time? Oh, why don't you just stop? Wait, 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 everyone stop! Everyone stop! Don't pressure him. So why don't you just tell us in detail what one of those might be I told? You, I, I can tell you the story of one at least. All I right. remember the it, chef. I, Get your notebook ready and write this stuff down. No, please proceed. We're so recording. I wrote a short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, right. I, I wrote a short. Uh, yeah, both both of you to assume that anyone listens back to this. Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> write this down. Did you just forget that we were? Oh recording no! The whole oh, thing? it'll be there. But you know when I'll hear it again. I'll hear it when I'm like, okay, is there, does anyone say anything uh, horrible or racist on this? No, Eric. And then I'll be in the car, shit. and then I'll be like, shit, I don't have a notepad. And as Doc goes into this, so everyone shut the fuck up. Jeff, grab your fucking pen. And Doc, why don't you just go on and tell us about it's your Star Wars fans? We're definitely not going to listen to it, and our things go I up. I had written a short Star Wars fan fiction. And this is obviously before episode three. This is I, I wrote this. Uh, was it for, about Was it about sand? No. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is, uh, I wrote this one. My What's my favorite one? Um, before episode two? I think it maybe was after episode two. I can't remember anymore. But it was it was real early. I was still in high school, so it had to have been before episode two. Um, anyhow, I wrote a story of because it was like the big thing was like how did Vader become Vader, right? No one really knew yet. That was like the big draw. We ain't got there yet, yeah. right? But like episode one had come out, the story had begun. So we were like, okay, where are we going with this? So every little writer in the in the fucking world was like spurling their their minds about you know how does he become who he is. So I didn't write about that. I wrote about the after effects of it, right? I wrote about how, in my mind, that Anakin fought Obi-Wan, right? And in the moment of, like, weakness, like, so Anakin's hanging off, like, a ledge or some shit. I'm trying to paraphrase this at this point. And he's, like, has a moment where he realizes his, his, his transgressions were terrible. It's and it's 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 too late for him, and Obi Wan forgives him in that moment and tries to reach for him. And as he's reaching for him, Anakin's force force pushed off of that ledge, 
to certain doom. Mm-hmm. He comes to thinking that Obi-Wan had done that to him. And he goes the rest of his existence hating Obi-Wan for that reason. Now, mind you, listeners, no one knows the fucking story yet. So I'm just fucking spitballing in this story. I, I, I have to point something out here. I have to point something out. In your story, you mean to tell me. I know what he's going to say. I'd like to see this. I know what he's going to say. Uh, Dave's injured, so he's just plodding yeah, around. You're, you're, hell, it's okay, been a while. He's, he's pulled his oh, pants wow. out. And he's going to scooch back. This is great it's audio great content. Listening. It's, it's a- ASMR. Obi-Wan had the high ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was always meant to be. Yeah. Always meant to be. Variables and constants. Constants and variables. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyhow. So <clears throat> after he comes to, he comes to in like some med vac situation. And Obi-Wan's there. And he tries to like talk to him. And Anakin wants nothing of it. And Obi-Wan leaves him. You know, like, fuck you, basically. You know, you are whoever you are. Thinking that this is just what he is. is going to be like, a, you know, uh, a handicapped, you know, scarred victim who's on like you know you know iron lung handy capable yeah keep going uh years later as he is now darth vader and oh thank you i appreciate that he's trying to give me a dat first vader is he's like walking through the the emperor's fucking like museum of like sith relics and shit um and he comes across a lightsaber hilt that belonged to his former master that he had murdered and He goes to reach it. He had never seen it before. And he didn't realize that Sidious was nearby. And he force pushes him out of the way. Like, you you don't touch that. You know? And in that moment, Vader recognized that, that feeling. That force. That he remembered it from all those years prior. That it was not Obi-Wan who'd done it. But it was this motherfucker. It was all, it was all this time it was him. And then he kills him. Vader kills the Emperor. I like it. Well, I, what I want to do, though, is I'm going to ask you to write this <laughs> thing down. As um, listening to you enthrall me with that, I realized, ladies and gentlemen, I just realized what our special we can't get together to record, so Noah has to do something on his own again. I'm going to find those fucking things, and I'm going to do the audio book. Of Herb Jones Force.net. We'll do them together. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, well, I'm, That's I'm gonna, you, you have unwritten written the content for season two <laughs> years ago. We're going to fucking do it. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, Johnny, hey, Johnny Park was a incredibly, it was a catalyst for my creative life. Uh, which, you know, considering I don't do anything uh, writing involved anymore outside of medical documentation, tells you that it worked out well. But. Yeah. No. Because of that song, it was it was just really instrumental to me. So it holds it, it, the, a very special place in my soul. So. And Johnny Park is a real person. I don't know if you guys know the backstory. I don't know. Of that song. I don't know Not the at all. But it was uh, Dave Grohl's childhood friend from like six to twelve, and then they moved away and lost touch. So he created this song as a way to reach back out to Johnny Park, hoping that he would hear it. That's pretty cool. That's did. really cool. And it's fun. That, did it just makes the song even more amazing to me. I just knew the backstory. <laughs> Johnny Park's like, no, hey, fuck you, Dave, bro. I, mean, I still remember that's, that. That's way better than Phil Collins writing a song about a camp counselor. Ah, what, what, I mean, or watching somebody watch somebody drown. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 So, or anything from the Brother Bear soundtrack. Yeah, so yeah. I, I did not list uh, Hey, Johnny Park mm. as my favorite track, but I did mm. list it 
as my sleeper track mm. on this album because that fucking guitar rift. It's good. Oh, yeah. It's that guitar so intro, good. and my favorite part of the whole song is that, is that when I hit into like the, the chorusy flange of the drum roll at the end of like about the three minute mark. So it's really it's, it gets, becomes a different yeah. song again. It's a great song. Excuse me. Yeah, I'd say my my sleeper hit uh, is February Star. That's, that's that is my sleeper fucking song. That's my jam. That's my sleeper that fucking song. That song is right there. That yeah. song is so good. So good. And it's one of those things that listening back to this, it's one of those songs that if you're doing your own personal Foo Fighters playlist, you throw it on there and you don't forget about it, etc. But you're listening to this album. By the time you get to February Star, you've already gone through a better album than most people's entire albums, and you're just past the halfway mark. And then you get there and you're like, ah. So yeah, it's a it's a great song. It's subtle where it's subtle. Uh, it's still Dave Grohl being Dave Grohl. That's my sleeper hit. Doc, what's your sleeper? You know, the funny thing is, it's not even a. St- I don't have one technically. I, I, I don't don't you know be upset about it. But it's less about I. Th- Up in Arms is my sleeper, but it's That's also like one of my favorite songs on the album. But it's like when I was younger, I didn't like it. I didn't understand. I didn't. No. I just didn't like it. And then as I got older, and you listen to an album a billion fucking times, I, I'm gonna put some, I'm gonna put a seed out here. To see if you guys understand this. You know what the song reminds me of, and it always kind of has, not the beginning where it's like real slow. You know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. it's when it picks up the second half of the song. You know what it sounds like? You know what it makes me think of Scooby Doo. Think about it for a second. That that that, that the way it, it just picks up. It's a very skill. Like imagine them running from the fucking monster. You know, like it's up, just the hallway where they're just going yeah. through it's the got, room. It sounds yeah. like a song that would be in a Scooby Doo movie or a Scooby Doo cartoon, and I love that shit. <laughs> um, but that's it my. It probably that's my, would have been in a Scooby Doo with Freddie Prince Jr. if they uh, if they could have fit it in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it, it's it's like about, what fifty two seconds in, and then like like a hundred. Uh, it's like a minute and forty seconds of just Scooby Doo goodness. They should do a middle aged Scooby Doo movie. Like if they brought all of them back. For Scooby Doo three, everybody would go fucking see that movie. We we actually haven't gotten a chance for Noah to be a horn dog yet in season two, so now's the time that we've mentioned the adult Scooby Doo movie. Because let me tell you, is it, it is it Daphne or is it oh, Velma? No. Oh, it's Linda Cardellini. But every fucking ounce of my my body, uh, it's Linda Cardellini. And Linda Cardellini, who plays Velma, has aged so fucking well. And the fact that she's like in Green Book, and I didn't know she was in Green Book, and here I am expected to see like like this, uh, you know, the story about uh, unlikely friends and growth in a time period where it wasn't acceptable. Then Linda Cardellini goes in. Now I got to deal with this shit the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Uh, listeners at home, no, just pointed as right, yes, as right about right. It. Two, just, fa- two hands, two, two hands, two hands. Because you always do two hands. Yeah. Well, one is like accusatory, like look at my dick, and that's like that's not fun. Two hands is like, hey, look at what I'm bringing to you now. May, may I go down my second sidebar of the episode real please, quick please as we're talking it. about two hands at your dick? Yes. The very first thing I ever worked on professionally, ever, I was a uh, location manager for the show Eliminate back in like 2004. Mm-hmm. And they were using my swimming pool that I was managing. So I got to kind of like do the show and everything and, and work on it that night and stuff. And it was the final two girls, and there's the the one guy, and he had to pick from, you know, the two of them. As the show, everybody like they start with like five girls, and then down to four, then three, then two. He eliminates. They go on this like day long date, and he eliminates a girl after each one until like the final one. So, um, one of the things they always did in the show is somebody was going to get naked at, at the last date. So of course we're in a swimming pool. 
So they're swimming in the pool. He's going to take off his bathing suit. And he covered himself with one hand. Hmm. Now, a lot of the residents were kind of sitting around, like, standing outside the pool, like, on their balconies and stuff. And I remember looking up, and the dude's, like, looking down, laughing at him and doing, like, the little small dick <laughs> thing and everything and pointing out and laughing. Which always, always, dear, sweet, sweet... Listen, French listeners, you're always naked anyway, uh-huh. so you already know this. Huh. But... When you're going to be on any visual medium and you're getting naked, whether you need it or not, you will always use two, two hands. hands. Yep. Wise words. Yep. Perception use two is hands. Key. Always. Yes. Perception is Perception reality. Perception is reality. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. 100%. That's, yeah. that's a good sidebar. Yeah. That's a good sidebar. But yeah, uh, we, we, will, we will at one, some point undoubtedly do the 2000 Scooby-Doo just because... Uh, because uh, Noah's got a boner and it's gonna have to pop sometime. So we're talking about Linda Cardellini, and it's so funny that in a in a world where Sarah Michelle Geller was Sarah Michelle Geller, that um, I probably says a lot about me. As I'm thinking out loud about Velma <laughs> and stuff. Self reflection. A, lo- a whole lot of stuff. We'll go down that rabbit hole later. But yeah, sleeper hits all all good stuff all the way around. I we don't want to go on too much because we have to implore everybody to listen to this album. Yes, I mean yeah. this is this is an, a crucial album from a crucial time of music. There's a reason why the Foo Fighters are like the only real rock band left, and they've been doing it for years. And it's the only rock band that that somebody who thought uh, who liked rock before the Foo Fighters will still go out and see them now because they're they are all things rock. They're heavy, they're emotional, but you can also have fun listening to it. And this album has all of that. Great but, fucking live show. Oh, a never got a chance to see show. It. Never got a chance. It is to see a hell of an experience. We, we had a chance list. to go. It was them and Rise Against. It was you, me, Steinberg, and Whitfield. We had the, the estate rolled for that one, and really they just they just tore the house. They roll doesn't fuck around. There's none no. of that. Play a song. Let's talk for fucking five minutes. No. Fuck that shit. Let's get the fuck back yeah. in. No doubt, they're on my list. They're on my they're on my short list of people to see that are left on there. Well, but, we were gonna go see them. They're going to be in here May. in May. I, I, got With, I think for that. we were, we were. I mean, you and I had talked about going, and I'm sure. Oh, we I, was, all I already s- bought tickets. I was ready to roll, man. Yeah. Not anymore, unfortunately. No. No, no but um, before we go, we're going to talk about the lasting legacy of this album and into the Foo Fighters. I mean, you still, if you listen to contemporary radio today, it's still on movies today. There are songs from this record that are still getting play and use today. And I think that's a big part of the legacy is that it, this was the album that told you that Dave Grohl was no longer just the guy from Nirvana. Yep. This was a whole new thing, and they had a whole bunch of other le- uh, you know, legs in their stride, if you will. But, uh, Mac, what do you think the, lo- the lasting legacy of this album and this era of Foo Fighters is going to be? The lasting legacy of this album, I'm going to pose a question to you, mm-hmm. which is a question we actually kind of did in our pre-prep for the episode and everything. Yeah. What is your least favorite song of the album? Do you notice we skipped over that question? We did. Do you know why we skipped over that question? Because it's a hard thing. Because to it's almost an impossible question to answer. I don't think there's really a bad song on this album. Um, this and, and Jones, you kind of mentioned it, and I'm, I'm going to piggyback on what you said. Dave, is, don't piggyback me. Oh. Sorry, go No on. consent? Yeah, you didn't ask. No. Man. You Jones, told me you were. Jones. Herb. May I piggyback off of a comment that you made earlier today? You absolutely, can, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you oh, very much. See, l- ladies and gentlemen, let us just say that you can ask for consent, and consent <laughs> will likely be given. That's but right. don't ask for consent, and you're gonna get fucking canceled. Yeah. You understand? Matt, continue. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my. I think the lasting legacy of this is that this album. I think just like you said, it grew with you. 
there are songs on this album that when you were younger that you may have kind of passed over but as you've given it more and more listens over the years whether it's come on like a playlist or if it's popped up and or you just decided to kind of stream it on spotify or something right um that there's songs on this album that you probably wouldn't have liked before but you really really agree to appreciate now and um i think that's kind of how i feel about this is that there are songs on this album that i would not have given probably the time of day to maybe when i was younger Mm -hmm. uh but you know as i purchased the album as i listened to the album as i you know as jones because i attribute this album to you i really do because you really encouraged me to purchase it like mac you got to listen to this album there's lump there's way more than just my hero on it and monkey wrench and everlong and and shit you got to listen to this johnny park you got to listen to this february stars um you got to go ahead and listen to um let's see here holy shit dude i know i'm sorry i'm just pulling up my okay. notes and everything i'm just gonna i'm gonna buy you some time by telling you no one's gonna piggyback off of you uh, oh i'm gonna piggyback yeah. i'm not gonna ask it for consent <laughs> no and uh, you're, you're lucky that i don't invite a couple of friends over and i'll piggyback you one <laughs> after the walking other at, walking after you walking after you that's <laughs> another great fucking song there's songs that you just that, that grow that grow with you in this album and i think that's my lasting legacy fuck all of you guys <laughs> invite some friends over <laughs> Good old train of piggybacks. Right? Yeah. Oink, oink, motherfucker. I don't fucking even care anymore. <laughs> Goddamn. That, I think that's my lasting legacy, is that this album, there are songs in this album that grow with you as you've grown and matured as an adult, and I just think it's a great fucking album. By the way, you asked me a question rhetorically, but I had an answer. It's My Poor Brain is my least favorite song that's, on this that's album. That's what I wrote down, too. Yeah. That song is fucking all over the place. It is. He doesn't yeah, know what messy. he wants. He's like, it's fuck it, we need, we need four more minutes of something. Let me just go yell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for me, uh, lasting legacy. You know, we mentioned it that you know this album in particular cemented Dave Grohl as not just the guy from Nirvana, yeah. but fucking Dave Grohl, the legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anybody has a chance to read and or listen to the book that he put out last year, it's called uh, Storyteller: Tales of Life and Music. It's the mm-hmm. memoirs of Dave Grohl. He does the audiobook himself fucking phenomenal I, I you know check I definitely check that out yeah. I, the, is, and, and just kind of going with what you said too Jeff Dave Grohl I think where rock and roll is concerned since 2000 since 1995 I think Foo Fighters and Linkin Park were probably the two I think in my opinion that have carried that. the mantle um, there's going to be an entire generation of people that look back on this era and rock and roll is Dave Grohl yeah, and yeah. Dave Grohl is rock and roll. He, he epitomizes it, and he's super fucking humble about it. Uh, he he doesn't have like that big rock star ego, even though he's like one of the biggest rock stars on the planet. I mean, ten albums later, they're one of the biggest bands uh, to come out of the rock scene, that to come out of grunge and evolve from grunge to what they are today. They've sort of gotten better with age. And t- it, last year, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. First mm-hmm. year eligibility first year inducted they're right there yeah uh so that there's definitely a, a big place on the mantle for food foo fighters and we'll see where they go now uh not having a drummer with the untimely passing of taylor hawkins but uh we'll see what happens yeah, you know they got, they got a lot of a lot of places to go in a lot of ways yep doc mm. lasting legacy mm. of this album in that mm. era the food fighters mm. 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 Right, so I think mm. the okay, uh, it's it's two parts and it's but it's a, it's a short two parter. Uh, my hero is the legacy of this album. Yeah, uh, and, you know you guys have said it. Jeff said it. I mean it's it's been in movies. It's in motivational speaking tracks. I mean it's 
It's student films. It it is the color and the shape. It is James Vanderbeek. I mean, for me, I got you. What does he say? Let's. <laughs> that we got a opportunity to go out there and play like gods. I don't want your life. Let's, um, let's go be heroes. But, uh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that uh, as much as I like other songs on this album way more than My Hero, but that's not to say that My Hero is a bad song. I think My Hero is the legacy ultimately of this album. But, of uh, Foo Fighters in general, I've said this to Dave. Who knows how many times? I'm sure I've said it to you, Noah, more than once. Jeff, I may have said this to you, and I've, I've felt this way for over a decade plus at this point, that the Foo Fighters are the last great American rock band. That's 100%, it, 100%, period. No like, doubt. There, is, there, is, there is nothing. So going to see them live was such an important thing to me because they're a pure rock band. Mm-hmm. There's no frills. There's no extra little shit they do. There's, there's no DJ. Nothing, there's anything wrong with that, obviously. But they are a rock band, period. Uh, and they don't try to be anything else. No, and nope. and and they they again, you know, like you know, Jeff was saying they they don't come across as pricks. They don't come across as wasting your money. The show they put on was amazing, and I, I it was worth every 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 second of it. The drive, the wait, the expensive drinks and food was worth every red cent of it. Um, <clears throat> but I think ultimately, Foo Fighters. I mean, they're just their legacy is that they are rock, and they will continue to be, even if they don't make another album. Uh, you know. They will always be rock and roll, and uh, that's pretty fucking cool. That we can live in a time that we may be witnessing the end of rock and roll, witness the the, the last big push of it and the end of it. It's very possible that Taylor oh, Hawkins, man, it's very possible that if they don't ever play again, that the that rock and roll dies with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, very I, really, possible. I, I think that's pretty interesting. I, I don't, I, 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 don't think rock and roll will ever die. I mean, there are some really good bands out there right now that maybe don't get quite the. I mean, Greta Van Fleet is is very good. Um, I'm a big fan of Royal Blood. Royal Blood is good. Royal Blood, I think, is really good. I'll, okay, I will say this. How yeah. about this? Let me, let me, let me. Rock and roll will never die. Sure, nothing will ever really truly die, uh, but. Who will take the mantle of the great American rock band? Well, that's the thing. We, we I, I will add on to that, right? We don't know, but I do feel confident that as time has told us that if a, if the mantle still exists, someone will rise to it. Now they won't. They may not be. They may be a pretender, but eventually someone will fill. If you had asked in 1998 when we were seeing the decline of grunge, the death of hair metal was done, uh, and new metal was rising. Who would be the number one rock band in the world to replace the mantle when, like, a Pearl Jam or Stone Temple Pilots had finally bit the dust? You would not have said Foo Fighters until this album. No, oh, maybe. And then when uh, All My Life came out uh, and the, the subsequent albums after that, you're yeah. like, oh, my God, there it is. Yeah, it's Foo Fighters. But who? Who knew? Because I would even say, as, as we have documented on this podcast, I'm a huge Muse fan, right? But I don't consider them a rock band. They're not. Not no. Re- no. No. They're like they're muse. They're their own little bubble of prog rock mixed with weird space sex, like electronic hybrid. They're their own thing. Don't try to label them. But Foo Fighters are like fuck yeah, label us as a rock band because that's what yeah, we that's are. That's what they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, out of the ten plus albums, what's everybody's favorite Foo Fighters album? Oh, I gotta go concrete and gold, just because I love it. I love it, and it's I think it's the one that. I listened to it, or not by accident, but wasn't expected much. Uh, but I, that's still the one. That, um, open them with T-shirt, and then uh, run, 
and um, uh, Sky's a Neighborhood, and like going on to that is just great, fucking great, song. great. That whole me- like, way things just blend into that shit. It's so fucking good. Uh, what is the one that has Arlandria and there's another one on that? I could see the album cover. It's white with the with the purple and the pink on it. It's like 2007, 2008. Um, that vicinity, but, but damn, but damn, one by yeah. one is a fucking awesome album like oh it's all good but i would say i would personally would say call green that's it's called in the shape that's it mac fuck man i wasn't ready for this um i'm gonna buy more time again too i'm gonna call some friends drill a hole in the wall and then you're gonna get piggyback (laughs) but you're not gonna know who it's by (laughs) (laughs) um i'm looking through i think uh you want me to go while you think about it? I think Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace. That's a really good album. I I, album. I I I think that's my, I think that's my favorite one of theirs for sure. Mine's Wasting Light. Very nice. Okay. Very Rope, nice. Walk. Oh oh, 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 dude, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But songs. that was that was like almost like oh, you forgot about us for a minute because Lady Gaga yeah. had like dominated all popular yeah. music for a few years. Yeah, everything was now an offshoot of Gaga, and the Foo Fighters are like. <clears throat> And then there, there was. They're like, oh, they're back. Yeah. 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 But see, interesting enough here, right? So, Concrete and Gold came out in 2017. Yep. Yep. All right. Wasting Light 2011. Echo, Silence, Patience, Grace 2007. So, we're just talking about how this band, for, for us anyways, has just gotten fucking better mm-hmm. as they've gone through. Right? They're, 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 a real, they're a real thing. Yeah. And you know what? You're a fucking real thing for listening to this show. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, gentlemen, can I can I just throw something out here? This is our first music episode that we've done since uh, yeah. the Blueprint, right? Yeah, fucking hot minute. Long yeah. Time. Yeah, and I feel real fucking good about it. Way better. I'm happy I, that I, we... I feel better at the end of this than I have. Yeah, we're we, not like... Uh, we changed song. up the format, so we weren't talking about every song in succession. Uh, and I think this works better. Yeah, felt, yeah. I feel, felt pretty good Long here. Conversation. Happy to come back to it. I, I like the music episodes personally, so I'm happy that we had a chance to come back and do one. We'll, we'll, we'll draw up a bit. Season yeah. two is full of, of old friends returning and new uh, friends joining. Us. All friends in new yeah. places. Just bumping into you in the middle of the night. Did they mean to? Maybe not. You know, like we'll play a little game of who's in my mouth episode style. Go over here on season. Um. Two. Hey, you up? Hey, hey, you up? You up? Um, remind me sometime to tell my, our listeners about the time I catfished a Cracker Barrel by beginning, "Hey, girl, you up?" And I went into a whole thing about putting my dumplings in their mouth and this whole thing. Guys, there's no exaggeration to this. This is 100% true, and uh, we all lived it. Yeah, it was there. I remember. I remember. And anyway, you know who's a slut? Fucking you, the listener, for more of this podcast. And we're going to be back next week. Doc, do you want to tell them what we got coming up? No. Fuck if I know what we got. <laughs> because you know what? Nobody fucking knows. Because season two means, you know what? We, 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 We've we got don't like, some ideas. We don't want to build expectations and then, like, you know what? Here's Noah le- reading Greek literature <laughs> do you, for 90 minutes because we couldn't think of it, couldn't get together because somebody got, you, I don't you, know. You do, realize, you do realize how many people have listened to you simulating a pigeon coming, right? Yeah. You do realize yeah. that. Yeah. And so, I think the thing that I'm most proud of about that is that it wasn't just an orgasm of, it was simultaneous release which is really one of those great myths that I want to tell people that if you work hard and you live your life you can achieve it uh, and we look forward to more simultaneous release with you 
Going Every forward. Tuesday. Every <laughs> Tuesday. Like, 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 like clockwork, and sure, it's going to get boring, and you're, like, going through the motions, but you know what? God damn it, I got needs, and you're going to fucking fulfill them. This got dark. 